0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming back. Um, just a couple other things. Remember that the end of this month will be the last month that we are doing weekly. So this will be the last show until March 13th. But uh, that one should be a great one. So I hope you'll be looking forward to it. Um, next, we still uh, could use some, some pastors and some people to uh, answer some questions for us. And uh, go ahead and let us know. Send us a message. And we'll be happy to get in touch with you and see what uh, we can do to maybe work together and get some things done and then if you have a story we would love to hear it get a hold of us let us know what your story is and uh maybe we get together and be able to put it on the show i'd really look forward to that and meeting some people uh who have been listening it would be really exciting for me but today we do have a show from a gentleman named justin pearson he is uh a youth pastor at a church down in norwalk iowa you know i always tell you that it's going to be a great show but somebody that you guys probably don't ever get to hear from is the guy who produces this show his name's dick dick how's this show great see dick says it's great it's going to be great so guys sit back listen to the show enjoy justin pearson here we go Justin Pearson. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for taking the time and sitting down with us today and who knows what'll what'll come up. <laughs> but uh, I think that in having met you a little bit before, I think we have a lot in common. We should have quite a bit to talk about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for those people who, who probably don't know you, which is probably a lot of people, <laughs> let's, uh, let's give people a little idea of, of who you are. You're a young guy. You're you know, what, what's your,
1: uh, what do you got? Yeah, um, I'm 22, a uh, recent graduate from Iowa State. I work here at Crossroads Church, the youth director. Yeah, single, not looking to get married anytime soon. Single, not ready to mingle. <laughs> yeah, um, but, you know, lots of people, they talk about uh, people that are in ministry and how they just have everything together or had everything together, perfect upbringing or lived in you know, cloud nine all the time, and um, I think I, I offer a different kind of spin to kids. It allows me to, uh, I think, reach out to kids a little bit more than the perfect upbringing does. So, so now
0: you're on staff here at Crossroads? Yeah. What are you, what are you doing for them here?
1: I, I run youth group, okay. youth missions, all the youth um, directors. K, K so to 12? Um, six to 12, sixth, sixth to 12. grade to seniors in high school. Okay. Yeah, just started in July, and the first full-time youth director here. So building a program, coming up with new ideas, kind of pushing the staff along to embrace some change, shake things up a little bit, so
2: yeah. Well,
0: that sounds sounds fun though, at least. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. probably keeps you busy enough. Yeah. So um, yep. Now I know when you were up in Ames, Iowa at uh, Iowa State, we uh, were involved in a church plant together, right. and, and we got to spend some time together up there. You know, I think that that's one of the times where I finally kind of got to spend a little bit more time with you. Got to meet you, hear a little bit more of your story, and and I think, at least for me, one of the reasons why why I was kind of drawn to you, some of the things that were going on, was our youth was kind of similar. It's it's funny to me to see all the little intricacies that come and eventually lead somebody into ministry, into a church position into these different, different things when, you know, maybe we didn't have that, you know, five years old waking up, going to church, sitting in Sunday right. school. Right, right. Um, because I know that you, you were raised by your mother, correct? Right. So same, same as me. When, when did that happen for you? I don't really remember
1: a lot of um, like my mom and dad being together. Yeah. Um, so it happened right around when I turned two. Um, so you were young, say. young, yeah, young, young, young. Um, and my my, I have a half brother and half sister, so share the same dad. Um, they are two years and four years older I than me. My brother's two years older, and my sister's four years older than I am. They went with my dad in the divorce, and and I stayed with my mom, as kind of building that only child, but I also have siblings type of growing up but uh yeah it happened when i was about two years old the divorce did and um, tried to do the every other weekend thing and it worked sometimes most of the time it didn't work so
0: yeah you know and that's i think i was four i think three or four years old when my parents separated that's a hard thing you know what i mean yeah. and for me like how you talk about not being able to remember those things like that's the very first memory that I have as, like, a human. Yeah. Is yeah. I remember the day that my dad walked out the front door. Right. And that's, a, that's kind of a, 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 p- a pattern of things that has altered my life. You yeah. Your, your family, when they separated, were you in Iowa?
1: Yeah. You were? Okay. Yep. I was born in South Dakota. Um, and my family, when they were together, moved very quickly after I was born back to Ankeny to be around grandparents and just kind of the extra help of having a baby. So yeah, I I only remember being here in, here in Iowa, but my dad then during the divorce moved to Des Moines or he moved to Boone or, I mean, he's lived kind of everywhere in the state and out of the
0: state um, since then. So, yeah. So, and, and, you know, you talk about that every other, that every other week thing, Yeah, that's, that's a hard thing to do, you know? And I know it was, in my case, at least, it was it was weird because when my father left, he moved away to the Philippines. He, oh, was a, yeah. he was in the Air Force. And so next thing I know, we're moving away. Dad's not there. And then all of a sudden, you know, dad comes back. And then we're on the every other week right. schedule and, and trying to navigate two families. Yeah. You know, and for me, that was really difficult. Some things are okay in this household. Some things are okay right. in that right. household and how do you how do you correlate the two you know yeah
1: that was i mean that's probably a struggle that i hadn't even thought of but most of the conflicts i would say growing up were exactly because of that issue that oh well, it's okay at dad's house to do this or it's not okay at mom's house or it's okay at, you know when i'm with my mom to do this or this these are my expectations my subconscious expectations of you as a parent when yeah. i'm six seven years old um and even those, how they fill that role is different, because uh, yeah. they weren't, you know, together.
0: So yeah, yeah, they don't always know what the other ones doing Right, yeah, right. I get that. Um, so now coming up when you're when you're that young, I know. When I go back and I look at, I mean, even even things that are silly like penmanship and you know my grades and things like that. Yeah. I noticed that, when when my father came in and out of my life those things changed, you know, my grades went down, my penmanship got worse, my focus got worse, I started causing more trouble and problems. I mean, is that something that, that you could see happening? I mean, is there, when you look back, is there certain things that you, you noticed, hey, this is how it affected me when I was this young?
2: Yeah,
1: actually, um, I mean, I remember, I went to Terrace Elementary in Ankeny, And I remember lots of times where before we got to the every other weekend type of thing, we were trying to do the every other week. Um, You can have him on weekdays and bring him to school type of whatever. I obviously was with my mom, but if I stayed at my dad's house in Des Moines, he would bring me to kindergarten. That's when he used to have half-day kindergarten. But I remember... It had to end for two reasons the first one being that uh, my dad worked nights and so sometimes he would not wake up and take me to school so i'd just be hanging out by myself all day while my brother and sister were in school but the the main reason was that when my dad would drop me off at at school i would just ball ball and ball and ball and i had to go and sit in miss warren's office the guidance counselor and just cry um, because i didn't want him to leave because i just had you know so little time with him if you think Mom drops you off at 6 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. Dad goes to work at 8 and then wakes up at at 10 a.m. to take you in for... For your uh, half-day kindergarten. Yeah, my half-day kindergarten. That's not a lot of time to spend with I'm sure I got to see my brother and sister, but I remember that that was consistent, whether I was in daycare before elementary school or going through elementary school or even on a a Friday night if I was supposed to go with my dad for the weekends and he canceled or if he was supposed to be at a... uh, a choir concert or some sort of event, a soccer game or whatever was going on, and he canceled, it destroyed me. Absolutely destroyed me. Don't know why. I mean, looking back now, maybe I've hardened a little bit or, uh, you know, against that and it doesn't matter to me so much, but, um, but, but definitely back then I can, I can tell. The other piece to that I would say is I was digging through, we were coming up on graduation my senior year in high school, digging through what kind of things you want to put out and like oh these old papers that he wrote when you know everything was rainbows and unicorns you thought when you'd be an adult and I came across one that I don't remember writing uh, but I know it was there because it was in the box of fun that my mom kept and had a grade on it and everything and a comment from the teacher and and it just explained how I was probably 11 years old at the time fifth grade and how defeated I was because my dad had moved um, I think he moved to Texas or something with his new wife for a time, and I was so confused, and, and I'm still confused, I guess, really about what happened. But it was just, uh, you, you know, you already don't have a lot of time with them, and now yeah. you turn this light switch off, and they're gone. So it was your brother and sister. And then what, uh, when, I, when I read through that paper of describing how I was feeling during that time as an 11-year-old that I don't remember writing, it brought a tear to my eye because it was it I didn't realize how much, like, pain... I don't think anybody really realized how much pain was, was there just in an 11-year-old and how you can, how you can feel that. And.
0: Well, you know, I, I think that that is... You know, there's, there's a lot of selfish things that we do as adults, and the older that I get, the more that I sometimes fall into those traps. But I think that on the divorce side things, some people, I'm sure, acknowledge it, but I think that a lot of times people really don't take the severity of what the child goes through. Yeah. You know, I know, you know, you kind of talk about that, the idea of being separated and only having this, um, I, you know, I remember I felt abandoned, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I felt that it was partially my fault, you know, and I think we went to some counselors and they wanted to talk to me and right. convince me that, hey kid, it's your parents just don't get along it has nothing to do with you but you try rationalizing that to a little kid it doesn't make sense right you know what i mean you you are you are there one day everything is fine and then the next day it's changed yeah you know what i mean and i think that kids have such a routine built into them that you know once you mess up that routine well what happened what's different you know and and the the abandonment issue, of, you know, you can't rationalize why your, why your parents are not, together, mm-hmm. why, you know, that relationship, why there's so much stress or struggle or, you know, all of these things in there. You as a kid, you're just, you just know now it's different. Right and now, it's not as fun for you or it's different for you. And and you know, how do you how do you go about it? You know. You know, and I think one of the other things at least that I've noticed is, you know, especially when I was younger, was the idea of modeling. You know, now mm-hmm. that I'm a little bit oh, older, yeah. you know, I, I I'm a hundred percent believe in, you know, professional life. Have a mentor in your faith. Have a mentor. Have sure. somebody who's doing better than you who can help lift you up and take you places that you need to be. And, you know, when you're a Four, year old young boy and your father's gone you now have no male mentorship right you know and so i look back and you know i was fortunate that i had a grandfather in my life who was there but he was my grandfather you know he right you know he'd take me to work and we would do these you know things together but you know he was my grandpa he was fun he was it wasn't that father-son relationship, right. you know. I mean, I love the guy to death, but, you know, and so I look at where did I get my male modeling from, you know, because we all have to learn our role somewhere, right? right? You know, is it coming from movies? Is it coming from television? Is it coming from, you know, these the other families that you're around? And for me, at least, I think that it came from, you know, some of the, Social culture things, the TV, the sure. movies. Well, this is what a man does, you know. Well, you got to be a man. You better be ready to fight. You better be mm-hmm. able, to, you know. You, these things that you see in these movies, that are not a good representation of manliness. Right. You know, it's a it's a very kind of bravada, or you know, that the guy in the movie is either going to be this action stud, right, that takes on anything that he can, or he's going to be this loof. Right. who just bumbles around. You know, there's not that, that guy in the middle who wants to take care of his family, who wants to create a good income, who wants to right. be support and, and be involved in this community. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, for me, I, I noticed that a lot. And yeah.
1: I think that, you know, my mom, looking back now, like you said, you know, as you get older, you can see a lot more of both sides the good The good and the bad of what you missed, um, but I think of that modeling. That would be tough for a a single mom. I think to have that young boy and go through that ty- type of transition. Um, I know that you know my mom was our my Cub Scout den leader. Yeah, what a male dominated role she did that just to try and supplement you know what I was missing by not having that strong father figure. And through that, we learned some of those just. Manly things, and got to I guess the professional term is network, but just really be around uh, some dads, dads that wanted to be involved in their kids' life. Um, I think the other piece of it is is well, when you have a, a divorced, a separated family, I would say ninety nine percent of the time there's financial issues that come into that as well. Um, oh, oh yeah, I mean uh, significant ones. Um, you know, my dad made made pretty decent money, and and but when they got divorced, uh, my mom hadn't finished any college or anything like that Um, she didn't really have a strong job because I believe if I remember correctly being told this that her plan was to stay home you know Um, and so she just started at PDI or a high V company here in town and and worked her way up that way but I remember we lived in a trailer park um, in Ankeny and it took me probably until that 11 or 12 years old to realize that wasn't the norm I mean that wasn't not to be like prejudiced, but that wasn't the goal. When yeah. people are growing up, they're not saying, "Oh, I can't wait to, you know, provide for my family in a mobile home," or that you know our cars seem nice. Like we didn't, I didn't know I was financially disadvantaged until probably middle school. Didn't even didn't even slip my mind. I mean, when we had people stay over or whatever, my mom would still take us out to go. We can go to McDonald's, go to the play place, or go to Baskin Robbins before it changed its name a hundred times. But I think that wow, what a just completely overwhelmingly challenging time
0: you know I remember that I remember that too you know I remember that you know we would do birthday parties yeah you know and we would go to uh, there was a a pizza joint Mm -hmm. down the road and and we would go and we could play the games and we could do these things and and now that I look back on it I don't know how we did it yeah You know, I mean because it was kind of the same deal you know my my father was military and my mom stayed at home, right. and, and, you know, she she didn't have all this stuff. She, she was with my father to help him get through school right. to do these things, and then he was gone. Right, And so, you know, I, I know growing up, I, I remember there was a time where my mom worked. I think she was working three jobs and going to college. Yeah. And, you know, I've worked multiple jobs, and I've gone to college. <laughs> right. I don't want to have to do them at the same right. time. I grew up in Council Bluffs, Iowa. We didn't, it's not the most affluent. City and you know, so the the people next door, yeah, we fit in, you know what I mean? Right, no, nobody really lived extravagantly, nobody had fancy cars or right, you right. know, beautifully manicured lawns, right. you know. I mean, that was just how things were, right? And yeah, but yet yeah, we still had time to go out and do these things and plan fun events and these activities. And I actually packed my kids up the other day and uh, they had a uh, thing out at the horse track okay and they had a thing where they they did activities for kids and you could go and see the horses and do these things and and I I was thinking because where I grew up there was a a dog track and I remember we used to go to the dog track and just watch the dogs yeah well now you know I look back and I'm like you can go and watch that for free right you know and and you can have that activity and you can get out there and you can let the kids run and burn off that energy and you can do these things and how creative sometimes single parents can be oh, sure. about about facilitating stuff for their kids. But you know, I always I was always involved in music. You yeah. know, I, I had a violin and a trombone right. and a guitar and a drums and you know I had these things and I, I don't know where you know where they came from or how she right. how made she made it happen. I made it happen, but yeah. she did. You know, when we played. I remember you know you talk about kind of the the things your mom being in Boy Scouts. I remember my mom put me in hockey. Yeah. She wanted me to, you know, I think she wanted me to toughen up a little bit, and she thought maybe putting me on the skates and letting kids run into me was a good a good plan. Now look at you. Now look at me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we we still did these things, yeah. and and now that uh, I have kids and I look and I see and that stuff's expensive. Yeah. You know, and, and you give a kid the opportunity to do what they want, and they want to do everything. Right. You know, I'm. Right. I mean, mine are still. You know, my oldest is four, and I, and I say. You know well, do you want to do this or this well i want to do them both you know right, i want to right. go to the tumbling class and i want to go play soccer at the same time and as a family we've made the decision that you can only do one thing at a time you know we don't want to be overstretching kids right. at such a young right. age but you know i still want them to have fun and, and do those but you but
1: know, at, at the same time like you wouldn't want to just kill all that ambition yeah you would and that's what you know i looking back now and seeing some other scenarios um, that are closer to me that if my mom would have told me from the get-go, oh, we can't afford for you to play, you know, leisure services soccer or little league or whatever it is, that would have been it. Oh, okay. okay. I would have just...
0: I don't play soccer. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I don't do that. But somehow, through grace, I would say that, that we were able to do that and yeah.
0: make that happen. So, you know, and, and, you know, the, the single parent thing, you know, even just the idea of being able to take a break. You know, I, there's times... You know, where where you know, me or my wife are at home and we've the kids for a, a, a prolonged amount of time and my wife is far better at it than I am. But <laughs> you know, the kids'll just be bananas for some day over something and you're yelling and fighting and running and breaking stuff. And you know what, there's times where I just have to be like, I need to take a break. Right. The kids are yours, right. I'm gonna go for a walk, you know, and sure. and I can get away, but when you're the only parent, yeah, there is nowhere to go. Yeah.
1: You know. So. yeah I remember sitting on the floor and I mean every night I mean it oh it's just so amazing but uh, every night we either play like some type of board game just on the floor in our in our mobile home I mean I thought that was the coolest thing to do that mom was playing with me or we'd watch something on TV or we you know do something all of it was together all of it um, and and yeah not being able to have a break I mean there's family that steps in and helps out you know but um, but for the most part just doing it all on your own yeah.
0: I couldn't imagine it. I yeah, I couldn't imagine it, you know, and, and I think that as I've gotten older, too, I've realized that, you know, and, and having kids is, just, you know, one of the things, too. There is no book. Nobody knows how to do it. Right. You know, nobody, nobody can tell you, here's how you raise a kid. Right. You're on your own sometimes. And, yeah. you know, you, you have to do the best you can do. And I think that especially when it comes down to being one parent, you, you got to do the best you can do. And, yeah. and and it's amazing to me how much some of them pull off, you know. And I think that there are, you know, I think in, in in the world that we live in now, I mean, we see a lot of kids who, I mean, even two family households that are kind of left to raise themselves oh, or sure. left to be raised by a television, yeah. you know. And, or a phone or an iPad or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that, you know, the fact that she was available to, Play those games and to sit down and, and spend that quality yeah. time with you. I'm sure that's a a good memory. You know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. So your father's gone. You're you with your mom. How? I mean, are you resentful? Or are you? What was your What was your attitude towards the world? To the people around
1: you? Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of I don't know. Naiveness is that a word? Being naive. Sure. Like I said, didn't even know that I was really different um, until. Kind of those birthday parties where you show up and there's like everybody else has is given this really nice toy or something and you're just like oh well, I got this you know for you not that it wasn't I, a bad toy I got dog. a pair of socks right or, well know. no <laughs> hey come on <laughs> hopefully not but <laughs> <laughs> but we got you know we got this game we were clearly everybody else's both parents are there you know and then it's just me and my mom and that's that's just kind of how it always always was so resentful I think for a long time if I ever heard my mom and dad yelling at each other or arguing uh, maybe when my dad was dropping me off, or my mom was picking me up or however mom was dropping me off, dad was picking me up, whatever was going on. I always, always, always um, blamed my mom, always blamed her for, for, for yeah.
0: being con- confrontational yeah. or something like that. Yep.
1: Because in my little brain back then it was just that my mom didn't like my dad. That was, that's all I saw. And it was, there was almost a film I guess over, what I was seeing, just because I I wanted to be, um, I wanted to spend time with my dad, I wanted to spend time with my other family, my half-brother and my half-sister, I wanted to do that more than I could, more than I ever had the opportunity to, that in my little brain, it just made my mom the bad guy, you know, back then, if if there was ever an altercation like that. So resentful, sometimes, I think, but not like outwardly. I don't think I had like crazy behavioral issues, well, when I was, like, <laughs> double digits, probably not, but younger, maybe, yeah, a little bit. But it, it's, it's interesting to see that that's typically not the case.
0: Yeah. Um, that I, know, I had behavioral issues because of, you know, some of, some of that stuff. And, right. You know, I, I was telling you about how, you know, my first memory is of my dad leaving. Right. You know, that, that's, the, that's the, the first memory that I have. As an adult, it doesn't make much sense now. You know, and I remember, I remember him being upset with me because I didn't drink my milk and my Cheerios. Yeah. And then I remember them going off and fighting. And then, um, you know, we, me and my brother, we'd run around and we'd listen at the door and we, we didn't know what was going on. Right. And then the next thing I know, my dad's at the front door and he's packs his stuff and he looks at me and he says, you're the man of the house now. And then he walks out. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, but that's something that rang in my brain forever and you know, how can you, how do you expect a young kid to be a man? It doesn't happen. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's, and so, you know, for growing up, I always had this idea that, that I had to be a man, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, a, that's a really hard place to be. And so I think that part of that is what made me a little more aggressive in my youth, you know, uh, you know a little more able to take those risks that maybe kids shouldn't take because you need to grow a little bit, yeah. right? you know, and so, you know, that, that was a, that was a hard place, and and, you know, I, I think that, the fact that you didn't have those is. Uh, yeah, it's probably it's probably something fantastic that your mom did and instilled in you, and and how she was able to draw everything so close.
1: And, and she she's told me, I mean, hundreds of times. Uh, since I've graduated and really moved out of the house, um, that you know, her whole goal for those eighteen years, sixteen years, whatever it was that she was single, was to make sure that it didn't look like this. Was, that I was a, that you would take a look at me, or you would see whatever I'm doing, or whatever, and you would know you would not think that I was raised in a single family home. You would yeah. not think that you
0: the know sing, the the single the raised by his mom in the trailer park right? The broken
1: home, yeah, 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 type of mentality. And, you know, sometimes I've, I've even, uh, which is kind of overly confident or cocky of me, but sometimes I do ask people that, you know, right when I meet them, like, what do, you, what, do, what do I come off as? How do, what do you think you know about me, really? And sometimes I do that with friends that, you know, I've made for a few months that don't know me. Um, and it is, it, what I love to hear is that they, they assume that I grew up in a two-family household. They assume that, you know, everything was just la-ti-da, perfect. Um, and that's really just a testament to my mom, I agree. And her raising me and how uh, that idea that, I mean, like spiritually speaking, but also like realistically speaking, I do think that that God watches over moms in just a completely different way. I think that when uh, a family is torn apart by divorce, that's where grace is just, it's all in there. It's all in there and it's all, it's just almost attacking that relationship to build it up, to make it better, to protect it. Um, and I really do think that's what happened. And that's not, you know, again, my, we didn't go to church every Sunday. Nope. Uh, you know, didn't, wasn't forced to go to youth group, wasn't forced to do anything like that, wasn't overtly spiritual. Um, but I think I think he did just intervene. That's the only explanation.
2: Yeah.
0: Sometimes there's no explanation <laughs> yeah. other than that. Yeah. You know? And so you're talking about your parents fighting a little bit when you get together. Do they get along?
1: Now? Yeah. Now they do. Do they? Yeah.
0: Did it take quite a quite some time?
1: Yeah, all the time. Really? It took all the time until, I mean, until I could drive myself, which is in- interesting because once I could drive myself, I didn't hang out really with my dad at all <laughs> anymore. And so looking back now, I can see that my mom was, even though she didn't have to, she was the one that was pushing me to have a relationship with my dad and it wasn't partial custody or anything. It was just that. But did they fight? Yeah, they fought. They fought all the time, 14, 15, yeah, 16, they fought over when my mom got remarried. That was a huge, huge issue, just about the type of guy that would be in my house with me, yeah. and my dad was worried about that or thought he had something to say about that. But yeah, it never really got better until I was like an adult,
0: until. See, and it's, it's funny, because my parents still, you know, it's, it's probably a little more one-sided than the other, but my parents still can't really communicate to each other. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I I noticed as a, as a child, and even, I mean, clear up until my 20s, I did what I could do to manage that relationship. You know, I'd keep dad doing this thing over here, and mom doing this thing over here, right. and make sure those paths never crossed. And, you know, that was a, a weird balancing act. And, you know, I think that my dad was very distant, for, for quite some time. And uh, I think the he showed up at my, I don't, I don't know if I've ever even talked to him about this, but he showed up at my high school graduation. And I, I don't remember the last time that I've talked to him or seen him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember he, I don't even know where he was living at the time. I mean, chances are, you know, he's in Michigan now, but chances are he was there then. And I remember I walked out we graduated and got our diplomas or whatever, or at least the little binders without any paper in them. <laughs> yeah. And and we walk out the door, and my dad's there. And what do you say? You know what I mean? I don't know that I even acknowledged that he was there. Yeah. You know, I just kept moving. You know, and I don't remember having those conversations. And you know, I think that in my in my early twenties is when finally we started to. Kind of reach out to each other and now the the relationship is fantastic. Yeah, but that relationship between my my mother and father I was able to keep them separate until my wedding day You know, and so that's the first time I really had since I was a young young child that I had to manage Yeah, both of my parents at the same time and try to get through it and it was Extremely stressful for me. Yeah, you know um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, I, I hope someday that they can get together and, and do those things. So, anyway.
1: yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of partial now uh, talking about resentment or parents not getting along with one another is, you know, some days, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas or very rarely do I still see my dad. And you know, he lives in Cedar Rapids. It's only an hour and a half drive. But, you know, it's just not really convenient. Would it be different if they were married until I was 18 years old and then got divorced and now maybe it would be different, uh, but because there's been such a turmoil anyway, um, he'll make comments sometimes that you know he'll say something like I did something stupid as a joke or I said hey we should go do blah, which is something that was e- stupid that he wouldn't want to do and he and he'll say something along the lines of oh I raised you better than that and <laughs> he that <doesn't> raise me <laughs> not at all yeah. not at all yeah. and it will it will stop me. Dead in my tracks. It will completely harden whatever emotion I was feeling at the time, whether I was happy, put me in a bad mood. And I'll just think I go back to that abandonment, back back to that resentment, you know, get defensive.
0: Yeah, you know, I had a couple of experiences like that. And and I think that my relationship with them now has, has passed that. But I do remember one of the first times where me and my dad, I think we were still feeling each other out a little bit. You know, you've been, we haven't. Talked for 10, 12 years, whatever right. it was. And, and I remember we went to a, a family function. And I don't even remember where it was. But we went and we all got in the pool. And I remember I come down. And, you know, it, they're uh, a little more conservative of a, a group of family. And I take off my shirt to jump in the pool. And, and I have tattoos. Yeah. And I remember, you know, something happened. And, and my dad said, well, if you would have lived with me, you know things would have been oh different. sure yeah and and i just remember that i looked at him and said listen if you ever say anything like that again you will not see me again yeah you know and and that's honestly how i feel yeah you know and now i mean Definitely. Yep. i think that i think that he could he could get away with saying stuff now you know i mean our relationship has has evolved and sure. advanced from there but yeah that's hurtful yeah. you know i mean and it and it and it kind of uh Demeans the upbringing that you had, yeah, and the struggles that you you did go through, yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, I, I get that. Yeah.
1: Um. The other piece of it is now we go through this, you know, we're Facebook friends, and that's I would probably I would probably market that as being pretty close to what our just father son relationship is. Yeah. Um. You know, I still go there for Thanksgiving and Christmas, like I mentioned before, and get them at gifts for birthdays and and things like that, and. But we can go months without talking, yeah. and and if if I reach out to him, if I give him a, a phone call, which it's it's equally bad on my part as it is on his part. But um, he'll say he'll say something. Oh yeah, I've been waiting for you to call. Yeah, it's like, dude, you're my dad. Call the me. The phone what? works two directions. Right, you know? right. It works both ways. So, yeah, I I would say I'm in that I'm in that kind of rebellious, like defensive. I don't want to be. I don't want to really force anything at well, this point.
0: You know, yeah, and, and you know, like I was saying, in my early twenties is when I started developing that relationship, and you know, that's where, right where you're at now. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. so, yeah. Twenty-two. And I so. think that there's, I think there's, there's room to be made, but it definitely takes both sides. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, so, how about faith? I mean, when you when you look back at that, I know that you said you weren't really brought up in it. How do you think? I look, and I think that the only reason why. I was able to get through some of those things was by grace alone. And, yeah. and, and the fact that, you know, I wasn't a believer when I was young. Um, but now that I look back, I see there was a plan. Those things were built for me and to develop me into right. the ability to be able to go and work with youth and understand these kids maybe that, that are sometimes feeling abandoned, that are feeling left out, you know, to, to maybe reach out to the ones that... That aren't the popular, happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. kids, um, and I think that you know now that you're in youth ministry, how does that work? I mean,
1: yeah. So my faith, this is, it, I'm just reciprocating, really. Um, this is exactly how it happened for me. Is I started going to youth group at the Ridge because I liked a girl that went there,
0: isn't, and isn't that why we all go to youth yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I started going there, and she stopped going. Um, and I went my entire middle school, high school. There was something there. There was there was brotherhood there, but there was also, um, you know, connecting with, with other guys my age. Um, but there was also something that I had never experienced before, and that was this consistent, strong male um, presence. And and that was definitely with, um, I would say, probably two guys. That would be uh, Jeff you know, Jeff, Jeff Kennel, Jeff Kennel. Yeah, yep, and then and Jerry Jeff. Douglas um, and just looking at how they, they have their family. And, and Jeff has a, has a blended family. Um, and, and Jerry has the kind of American dream, ideal family. Not that there's not any problems there, but you know what I mean? and and just seeing how they they ran their family and how they were so open to to me not really being a part of their family family i'd say jerry more than jeff in that respect but how they just led and they just loved um that that's really what they did is took me for where i was at took me you know to hang out wanted to play games with me wanted to laugh wanted to um be on my team for things you know uh, really wanted me to grow And, and
0: uh it's something you maybe haven't really felt
1: before. Yeah, yeah, I was attracted to that, and so kept going and kept going, um, and I think that's where you know eventually you just realize that okay, this is what this is the model, um, but and before that, be, I and I would definitely say because of the divorce, I did not get along with my friends' dads. I would, in fact, I would avoid them. Really, if I was staying at their house or something, I could always have conversations with their mom, but like it was intimidating for me. I would get like sweaty, nauseous, like if it was if. Um, my my friend's dad was going to come pick me up and take me over there. Um, I would uh, I would get really nervous that I had to ride around with <laughs> with uh, just that other male before any of the junkyard thing happened, any of being youth ministry, any of getting to know males. And so yeah, it's interesting. I really do think that's that's where it all started. Right there was having that strong male role model to show me a completely different side of what it means to mentor to young men and and build them up. And
0: yeah. No, I think that that's a. I think that's a really, and that's one of the reasons why I, you know, I chose to get involved, especially in high school ministry, because I think that there is a desperate need for some of that. Yeah. You know, and and there's there's so many kids that are hurting, and it's it's amazing what sometimes the littlest things can do. Oh sure. You know, I mean, there was a couple of kids that I used to, a couple of guys I used to drive home. You know, sometimes I look forward to those conversations on the ride home as much as I looked forward to a whole night of teaching, yeah, you know, and I think that some of those were even more impactful than that night of teaching because you, you know, you had that opportunity to really breathe into that kid Mm -hmm. and and have that kind of offline conversation, you know, where, you know, what, what we talk about here is, is, you know, that's meant for us. Yeah, It's not meant for the group. Right. So yeah, I think that that's a, I think that's a really neat thing. You've, you've graduated high school. You you know you got these friends in youth group. Um, did you did you struggle? I mean, so you struggled with the parents, mm-hmm. you know, or the fathers. What about in with peers? I know that one of them, one of my issues. You know, going back to the idea of trying to be that you know that kind of bravada of a guy. Right. You know, it's it made me struggle sometimes with my peers because. You know, I seen it as, you're doing kid stuff, or you know, you're doing this. And it didn't, uh, it didn't correlate well with friendship sometimes. Yeah. What, uh, how do you, do you think that it affected you at all that way? Or not in that um, exact way? Maybe way?
1: not in that exact way. I definitely think that because I didn't have that person who, I mean, again, my mom did the best yeah. that she could, but couldn't coach me football couldn't teach me how to play basketball, anything like that. So that whole sports area where you get connected at a young age um, with your same grade of students or or your peers, whatever, that you build friendships up doing that, that never happened. So I did the Cub Scout thing, and so I had some friends there, which, not that they're not my friends anymore, but like we don't hang out or anything like that. I'd I'd still call it my friend, I guess. But but for the most part, there was never that athletic, pushy-to-be, sporty, Sure, I did sports, but I wasn't, like, devoted. I didn't practice outside of yeah. practice, you know, anything like that. And so I think that gave me a, a disadvantage. I wouldn't even call it a disadvantage. It just, it just put me in a different position um, than I think everybody else did. And for better or worse, I mean, some of those kids, their dads were trying to live through them, yeah, making them play I mean, baseball. Even, or, even at
0: four years old, I see people trying to live through their kids. Right. I feel so bad right. for those kids. Right.
1: <laughs> Um, and so I don't think it was all bad, but I do think that it it just set me up to be unknown to a lot of uh, a lot of kids, where I would have had the opportunity to maybe form some more friendships. Um, but you know, most of the friends that I have now, or my core group of friends, are within the last probably five years. So I think I think it 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 definitely caused some problems for any number of the reasons. It could have been the financial; yeah. you just couldn't participate in as much. Could have been the athletics, the extracurriculars, just didn't do as much because, well, my mom was working, so she couldn't drive me around to do this or, you know, whatever. Just all of those kind of combined kind of sets you back a little bit from from just being around as much. But it wasn't like it was a negative. It wasn't like people didn't like me or I didn't like them. It just didn't know them.
0: What about, uh, I know, at the beginning you uh, stated that you are not on the prowl for a lady. No. No. Um, what about relationships?
1: Yeah, um, my so my mom's been remarried and divorced again. Okay, um, and so I kind of have two, I two I have two outlooks, two experience I get to get to use. I get to see what not a father is, yeah. and I get to see what not a husband is. Yeah. Um, and I've got to witness that. Um, and you know, I had a I had a strong relationship, I would say, for about five years, and you know, contemplating marriage and um, that sort of. Ended. She was talking to some, another guy, blah, blah, blah. It was really hard, actually, um, for me. And she just kind of moved on and started dating this guy who was engaged prior. He called his marriage off to date her. Just this kind of explosion kind of, weird, of fun, weird, you know? Weird
0: thing. Yeah,
1: um, but, but I, th- I thought that I knew, I thought that I was probably more advanced in my thought than relationships because I had seen all of it fail. Um, I've seen someone say, oh yeah, you know, till death do us part and then not actually do that. All within like my own witness, my own, I was living it every day. My mom and stepdad would come home and and I could see, (laughs) could witness it failing, you know.
0: The the disintegration of the family.
1: And I was at an age where I could also understand it. It wasn't When that divorce happened, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't, there was no abandonment problem. I mean, I was, to be honest, I was excited that it was over. (laughs) Not so much because of the pain that it caused my mom and just the stress and all that that happened, yeah, I was I was ready for that fake to be over. I think, but as far as relationships go, I really do think that it's given me an insight, and that's just the way I look at it. Yeah. I know exactly what I want, how I want to be a father. I know exactly how I want to be a husband, um, and and it's it's really not. Rather than explaining it, it's really not something that's. Easy to do, I would say, to be that good father or good husband. And, and really, I don't have any experience to speak from. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that it's, it's simple. Um, it's not. It's, it's, if, if everything that you're doing as a husband or as a, as a father, I get to witness parents parent all the time to kids in my role here. Um, and I get to witness marriages and all that stuff, you know, working for a church. So it's not that I haven't seen any of it. But as long as your intention is to love them all the time and to, and to understand what's going on and to listen first... I really don't see how you know, you can't make it, not everyone's, no no one's gonna be perfect. Yeah. No one's gonna do it the right way, you know, that's, every single piece of the time. Yeah. Um, but I do think that that's how it's always been. It's always, no one's ever done it the right way the whole time, and you still have people that become good fathers and become good husbands, so.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's, and that's kind of the outlook that I've <coughs> taken with it too, is that uh, I have seen a lot of what not to do, mm-hmm. And I know what I didn't like, and and these kinds of things, and I, and I try to do different, man. But I'm gonna tell you, I let myself down all the time. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, the way to keep a a happy marriage happy is to have a really good wife. At yeah. least for men, <laughs> have a really good wife because, you know, it, you know, you know, I let her down at times, and I know I do, and, yeah. and I know that. Sure, I, I would love to spend as much time with my kids as possible, but you know what? Sometimes I get tired. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's a horrible excuse. It's right. a horrible excuse. And, you know, sometimes I get in my own head. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's it, there's a lot of complications. Yeah, but I think even, sure. even being in a
1: spot where you can admit that, yeah. that is way different than a lot of fathers probably are. Yeah. It's way different than a lot of husbands probably are, too. Yeah. Yeah, I see it off. I saw it often enough growing up, and I see it often enough at work. Yeah, um, where it can just be written off, and, and that's probably a bigger issue than anything else that nobody is talking about in on, in this country or in this state or wherever community yeah. is how just families just
0: aren't. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I talk about I talk about playing with my kids. So it was hilarious. So two nights ago, it was Sunday night. I was sitting on the computer and I was getting getting a little bit of stuff prepped for work and and my wife was sitting on the couch and, and my kids were watching a movie or, or something and, and my wife goes, what's all over your face? And my, my oldest kid's like, I'm going to wrestle with daddy. And, and I look over and the kid took a pen and drew himself a mask <laughs> on his face. He had gloves drawn on his hands and little designs on his arms. He was going to be a wrestler. Nice. I, don't, I don't know where he got it from, but uh, that's what he did. You know. And the thing is, I could have yelled at him. I could have. I can't believe you drew all over yourself. Yeah. You know, we could have done this. You know what I did? I put down that computer and I went and wrestled that kid. You're right, you right. Know, it, because yeah, you know that time is too short, and the, there's so many things I could get upset about. But why? You know, like if 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 he is that invested in time right. with me, I have to be that invested in exactly. Time with him, you know exactly. And, and you know, but it would have been way too easy for me just to go. I can't believe you drew all over your face. Yeah, go in the bathroom. I'm, and, I'm working here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so just to, sometimes that acknowledgement that, yeah. you know, I got to be better. Right. You know, it's, it's good for me. I know we kind of hit a whole lot of that stuff real quick. But um, I think that one of the things that, that I like to do to kind of wrap stuff up is, you know, if there's somebody listening who is you know struggling with with the divorce or is is thinking about you know you know even even as a kid or as an adult is there anything that you think that we should really leave them with something to think about um you know i mean obviously the death do us part and you know and that's a serious a serious thing at least you know in my house um and and i realize that there are extraordinary circumstances where People need to not be together, right, right, you know. Right. what I mean, I, I've sure. seen I've seen divorce for abuse and these things. There's no, man. I, as much as you know, right? Know right. There's no saying. Oh, it, you did. You oh, should have stayed together. You should have stayed together right, and right. just talked him not into beating you. No, right. you should leave him. Right. You know. Right. Um, Get but, out. yes. But you know, for the the ones who struggle, you know, I know money is a big thing that people fight about and, and struggle with and and causes a lot of those you know a lot of those separations. I think that you know. Letting people know that they can get through those things yeah. and that there's, there's help out there, Sure. you know. I mean, is, what about from the kid's point of view? Is there anything that you think would be important for a, a younger kid to know about that separation when they're growing up? The things that, I mean, if you could leave them with a bit of wisdom, what would you leave them with?
1: Yeah, um, it, it does kind of depend on the age, I think, a lot. If it's If you're talking about a, a teenager who can actually, like have a conversation with their, their parents um, that are divorced and when the divorce happens, I think that matters a lot. Um, but I think what's consistent throughout is knowing that you're not the only one that's ever gone through this. Um, the The world is not you know, gonna end, the world is, it's not coming crashing down on you, it's not your fault um, the, that what's going on is happening and really just to, at, at the point where you're at right now you can only see so far, you know, you can only see so far ahead. You know, it will, I, it's cliche to say, it will get better, um, but, but it will, yeah. it will. You'll grow up, um, you'll, you'll have the opportunity, kind of where I'm at right now to see, you know, wow, this might have sucked when I was 12, 14, 15 years old, but you know, I know exactly how I'm gonna behave with my wife, I know how I wanna treat my wife, I know how I wanna treat my kids. Or if you're younger, if you're five, six, seven, um, you'll you'll notice. Wow, I, I really needed that. I'm attracted to a, to someone who, you know, for, for my wife or my relationship, whatever that looks like. I'm I'm attracted to somebody who is gonna who has good, those qualities, who has good qualities to to parent, um, and it's scarring. There's no doubt about that. That it's scarring. Uh, but you'll I mean there'll always be pain there for the most part I think but it, you'll learn to to move on and use it um, to better yourself I think
0: and I think that's a that's a key thing right there too is you know a lot of those things that hurt me I learned from you know and and I learned sometimes being a little bullheaded you know what I mean but in sometimes in business that's good yeah. you know what I mean like I can focus on something and I'm gonna get it done and right sometimes to the point you know sometimes to the point where I probably shouldn't where you know I should probably have changed course ahead right. of time but you know that de- that dedication and that commitment and those things like the independence you know I think is is something yeah. that, that I really got out of it too yeah um, and then I think you know at least for for you know the youth and and, and for you know a, a couple possibly thinking about divorce too would be there's a lot of resources out there oh sure you know if you're a kid find a youth group find a community group find a you know I mean there's all there's a lot of things big brothers big sisters I think do stuff like yeah. that. you know there's there's a lot of organizations out there you know churches are wonderful at it but you know some people are, are intimidated to walk into right. a church and, and I right. get that there's, you know, there's there's resources there that are are meant to help you. And right. and it's not weak to take advantage of those. Right. I think it's, unfortunately, just the reality of
1: divorce is that there's going to be distraction from your kids, no matter what. Where it used to be you have, have, however many kids you have, you have your relationship with your wife or your husband. Um, you're working on that. And then you two together are working on your relationship, you know, building your family, building that structure, um, whatever. And then when, when you... When that breaks apart for whatever reason, righteous or not, you as a kid need should recognize that, okay, like there's it's not gonna be all about me all the time anymore. Like they need to take some time if you're old enough to understand it, they need to take some time to heal themselves. Yeah. They need to take their own pain and they they'll have that. But that you can still, you know, remain family especially if it happens later on in life, you're still family to both of them whereas the wife maybe isn't the family of the husband anymore because they're getting divorced, but the daughter is definitely. Yeah. Um, she's my daughter and she's my daughter. You know, like, it's not. So um, it's it's tough in the moment, I think, to, uh, but you're exactly right, to, to go out and seek someone that's gonna give you some attention, yeah. um, that's gonna show up to, to games, that's gonna mentor you in certain ways like we talked about earlier. It's really just gonna pour some love on you because the reality is, is that the, you know, the the visible signs of it, they're going to be distracted yeah. um, for a time, and it is yeah. what it is.
0: And then, you know, for the for the people who are contemplating divorce, I know that there's most large churches have a divorce care or things mm-hmm. like that, and and you know, I think I'm fortunate enough that I haven't had to look for anything like that. You know, I'm sure there are things in the community that are there. And then, one of the other things, you know, even. I'm trying to there was a couple and and from the outside. They looked like an amazingly healthy relationship But they went to a couple's counseling. Yeah, and they were they were happy they were married there, you know, wasn't any sort of Problems that normal married couples don't have at least you know from when, when I spoke with them But they did it just to make sure that their relationship stayed strong they every once in a while they would go to a counselor and they would sit down and they would talk and they would, I guess, air everything out. You know, I don't think that that's a, that's a bad idea. You know what I mean? And even, especially if you're having problems, you know, there's, there's professionals out there that, that can help work through things because it's like we were talking about, it's not just the two people separating. There's a lot of other destruction that happens because of that. And, you know, if it's the, if it's, Divorce should be the last option. Right? Yeah, I completely, not, I was just gonna the, say that. Not the yeah. first, yeah. you know, or not, e- not even the second. There's so many things. There's a the reason life. that you got married. There's a reason that you got married. Yeah. You gotta remember that, yeah. you know what I mean? And, you know, relationships change, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, even since since we've had kids, our relationship, you know, me and my wife's, our relationship has changed. Do we love each other any less? No. Right. You know, do we focus, are we less focused on each other sometimes? Yeah. But you know what, we have other responsibilities now too. And you know, the fact that we see at least I see our relationship as a team. Right. You know, and I think that she does too. Right. It's Um, a partnership. It's a partnership. We're a team. We're getting through this together. Right. And you know what? In eighteen years, twenty years, whenever whenever they decide to go do something, we'll still be there. You know what I mean? And and then, you know, I mean, I hope that it doesn't take that long. But, you know, you, you get to focus on our, each other again. And, mm-hmm. and I think that as the chi- children grow with independence, you get more time together. And right. You can start going and doing dinners again. You can start doing these things. And so, um, yeah, I, I really look forward to those. But, yeah. you know, I think that it's just a matter of focusing on what you're doing right now and, right. and keeping at it, you know.
1: Yeah, and the last thing I would say is this is from Matt Chandler, but I'm going to use it here. Where the ideal is lacking, grace abounds. So, where something isn't right, where that you can't control, such as being a, a kid that's in a, a family that is divorced, there's all sorts of grace there. All the things that you know, maybe if you're being raised by mom, mom's doing wrong. There's going to be some intervention, some type of uh, you know, God's going to be there to, to make sure that that doesn't affect you as much as as much as it possibly could. That grace kind
0: of shelters you. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. For sure. you know, and that's man. I need grace every day, buddy. Yeah. I need grace every day. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for sitting down. Yeah. Probably wrap this thing up and uh, call it a day. Bingo. Hey, thank you, man. Yep. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I know it was pretty neat for me to sit down with Justin and kind of talk about the things that we had in common. First off, I'd like to say thank you to Crossroads Church for being so welcoming and allowing us in their building and and just the generosity that they showed to us. I also want to remind you guys that come over to Facebook, give us some love, let us know how we're doing, the God Watch podcast. Also, you can visit us on our website. Stay up to date on what's going on. You can catch the shows there, uh, whatever is easy for you. And that would be at GodWatchLive.com. I hope to see you guys at the next show. Have a great week and be blessed.